Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. I mean, Twilight Zone definitely takes the cake. Do you, do you guys watch that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twilight Zone's like, yeah. yeah. Some of that stuff's profound. That's just like good literature brought to television. Brought to the media. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it seems like modern day, there's not quite as much of that. Of which, tackling the big questions? Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, well, there's still, there's shows that, I guess they've, like, remade some of the Twilight Zone. Okay. It's actually Jordan Peele. Is like, oh, it's from like Key and Peele. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, those guys are pretty clever. Yeah. And, it, well, he did Get Out, um, which was, like, the horror movie. Hmm. Um, that's like a commentary on like, uh, yeah, racism in our country. Oh, interesting. It was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a horror movie, so or it's more of a thriller. There's nothing like, yeah, image wise that's like terrifying. But it's let know. it be known to all our listeners we we do not endorse no, any of these absolutely. videos. Yeah, <laughs> even even a lot of the just... Star Trek episodes are not are not endorsable. I, I think um, I could endorse the Twilight Zone. The <laughs> original. The original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. yeah, the original. Yeah, I would say because uh, Rod is it Rod? I always get his name wrong. Rod Sterling. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is he the creator? I think so. Okay. Yeah, he was Catholic. I could see oh, that. Oh, okay. See and, that. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's. Some of the um, episodes turn out with like. Really good ethical questions answered in, in oh, a positive yeah. Christian way. The one, yeah, there's one where about like a bomber um, who's uh, like, he's like a librarian and uh, he like, uh, he's been like determined obsolete. Like the state doesn't need him anymore. So he, he like executed. Oh, wow. And so he has his like one request is that like some officer like come with him Um to like um, be executed or to like oversee his execution, but his method of execution is a bomb. And so you see this like kind of, I don't know, stubborn like officer of the state in like this fascist society, like cripple at like, you know, approaching death. And meanwhile, the librarian's like quoting scripture and stuff, and it's it's like so Christian. It's awesome. Oh wow, but, that's uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's like really good message. Um, hmm. Yeah, so many of those have like those solid messages. Not not necessarily Star Trek though, yeah. but it's still fun to watch. Yeah. Um, should but, we should we yeah, get started with definitely. the episode? Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh... Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome back, folks, to the VG Minimum Show. Uh, we've got um, a good friend of mine here in the studio, a voice that you might not recognize as having been on the show before. So with us today, so it's myself, Austin, and Ken is here. Yep. Um, and then we've got Rory O'Donnell. Um, Rory was, uh, still is, my best friend from high school. Uh, we both were, were Catholics. We still are Catholics, but we were of a handful of Catholics who went to a Baptist high school together. Um, and we had a lot of fun, and we uh, enjoyed making a scene about being Catholic at a Baptist school. <laughs> uh, Rory went to Christendom College and uh, is now on his way to, uh, God willing, getting a PhD in philosophy um, from Marquette. So uh, he came down for a visit, and I thought, well, hey, you're studying philosophy. Let's pick your brain on the Vici Mendham show. So 
Uh, welcome, Rory. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> nice to have you. So, uh, Rory, here's a question for you to get us started. Okay. Um, why is it important for a Catholic to have any sort of understanding of philosophy? Let me rephrase that. What's the role of philosophy in the life of a Catholic? Why does it matter? Um, yeah. So, I think... Well, let's talk about what philosophy is. I like it. I let's define our little, terms. That's kind of important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's always a fun task because once you, um, it's like asking what philosophy is, is doing philosophy. So it's like, <laughs> oh, great. We've started It's a meta on. question and that's kind of it. So yeah, so philosophy is coming from the Greek uh, meaning to love wisdom. And so in loving wisdom, if you... Uh, you know, then you ask, what is wisdom? Right. And so wisdom, at least according to Aristotle, right, would be the is knowing the causes of things, right? So you don't, um, you might find somebody who is really good at making axes, but if he doesn't know why he's doing certain things, he's not really the wise man or the master craft, right? Mm. So being wise has to do with knowing your principles, um, and the causes of things. So not just being a good like artisan or something like that. It's actually right. understanding. But understanding deeper. what you're doing and why you're doing it. Sort okay. of like, uh, you know, I think of a, I, I had a quick restaurant stint working at Chipotle. And, you know, nice. <laughs> so when you're training somebody, um, you know, you have your chef and then you have like your kitchen workers. And the chef can show people how to cut vegetables a certain way. Um, and they'll do it and they'll be good at it, but they might not know un ultimately why you're cutting those vegetables this way, um, whereas the chef knows why. So the mm -hmm. chef in that case is the wise man. Okay. So knowing the causes and the principles and ultimately the why of things is what, you know, we commonly sort of conceive of like wisdom to be. And so in doing this, understanding the principles and the causes of things, you'd want to say, okay, so in philosophy, we try and give like an account of reality, right? And uh, what's, what is the cause of reality? What's the source of reality? Um, and what does it mean to give? What's the principle of me giving an account of reality? What's my relationship with reality? How am I this thing that can give an account of reality? Right. And so mm -hmm. you're always kind of like getting behind yourself and asking those questions. And so philosophy ends up being something where, uh, you know, analyzing how you give an account of reality might be something like epistemology, right? Where you're studying how you come to know things. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, your ultimate sort of study of the cause of all reality, we might call it metaphysics, um, which is a special type of philosophy that just studies being as being, not any particular being. So to unpack that, it's I'm studying what existence is as simply the act of existence and not as existing as a chair or existing <laughs> as a human or existing as a cat. But I'm just studying existence as existence and okay. trying to figure out what is causing existence and what's the source of that. And what are the modes of existence that might be, you know, something else you'd cover in metaphysics. Um, so kind of like why is there something rather than nothing? 
Yeah, that yeah. that's like the ultimate metaphysical question. Okay. Sure. And uh, and then given this, uh, you know, given your take on how you have this ability to give an account of reality and know things, uh, how do you live and interact with your reality, right? And that covers how do you interact with others. And then that kind of opens the door for ethics and philosophy. So okay. that's probably, you know, big category number four. Um, so, we, you know, I would say the, the big things are ethics, metaphysics, uh, probably philosophy of human nature, and then an epistemology or something like that. And, and then if you really want to say, yeah, what's unique about us is thinking logically. How do I perfect this? That would get you into something like logic, which is another aspect of philosophy and okay. making arguments and convincing that. So. so what are some, so breaking down those different areas of study in within philosophy, what are some like maybe some common questions like you threw out the why is there something rather than nothing? What mm -hmm. might be another philosophical ask? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the uh, probably, I mean, like what is justice? That's just such a huge, important question. Um, really, what is a thing and trying to arrive at definition um, a definition of it. Uh, um, probably another big question is what does it mean to be human? Mm -hmm. um, if I like understand myself as a human, uh, are there set things that I'm bound to do? Are there certain things I need? Um, you know, what is happiness? Uh, what does happiness consist of? Um, what does it mean to exist? <laughs> you know, um, do things actually change or is all is is all reality simply what I can touch, smell, feel, and interact with with my five senses? Um, or is there something more transcendent? Um, and that's why, you know, you'd characterize a movie like The Matrix as right. loaded with uh, philosophical content. Um, so. Right. Is it all just a big program that we're right. entering yeah. into? Is yeah. your is your awareness of reality just a computer program? Right. Uh, which you know. So having you kind of consider. An... So yeah. So then why is <laughs> to get to why why do we as Catholics need to? Yeah. Why does this why does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's I think there's two ways to answer that question. So the first one is in terms of content, right? Um, where if you are going to uh, study through philosophy this ultimate source and ultimate cause of reality, um, your approach um, to that thing, whatever it he or she is, uh, you know, even if, if does it even have a personhood? I don't know. You know, like that's a question you ask in philosophy. Your approach to it uh, is going to be important as a philosopher, right? And what, how you characterize, um, you know, the ultimate uh, that which all things, uh, that which is, be, um, and we know because uh, it has to be that case or like the ultimate necessary existent or something like that. Um, so, are, so, sorry, are you getting kind of at like the question 
is there a God? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. that, right. That, like, yeah. So as Catholics, <laughs> it's so, a pretty important question. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I guess, so there's basically in being, yeah, Catholic, uh, there's going to be an intersection in content over, uh, philosophy and theology. Right. Right. And so in the Catholic faith, if you believe, um, this stuff, is real and is the truth, uh, you know, you're going to need to, uh, uh, you're going to have to answer, okay, what's going on here? Well, you have this d divine God revealing himself to you, right? And so asking what's the nature of this God who's revealing himself, philosophy is going to allow you to know with a certain amount of certainty um, I'm of the opinion that that's the case, that, uh, that there is God, um, that God exists and that he is fully like capable of revealing himself and interacting mm. with man. Um, and so just on that, you have, um, what Aquinas would call the preambles of the faith where you can know that, um, it's all men seek happiness. Um, God exists, um, Justice is a virtue. And these are things that, you know, you can arrive at through reason and kind of, in a sense, prepare you for uh, what is revealed in Catholic teaching and so, dogma. So, um, so you kind of get this, like, it almost sets this context of like, okay, here's scripture, here's the Bible, here's what the Lord has said. Mm -hmm. um, and then philosophy helps paint that picture to say, using our reason, we can arrive that, that this is true, that there, mm -hmm. are, there are things about the human being that are true that does not contradict what scripture is telling us and what the divine right. revelation yeah. is telling us. Yeah, they're both, yeah, so the other way is thinking about them both, uh, like philosophy and theology as a science and saying... Uh, yeah, truth can't contradict truth. Um, and a lot of what St. Augustine um, of Hippo was about was, you know, faith-seeking, understanding. So you can believe that God exists, and that's that's great. Um, but is it? It's almost better to know that God exists, right? Because yeah. then that's gonna that's gonna change your life. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, so in you kind of you can be presented with things that are given to you by faith, but if you can know them with more certainty, certainty using, you know, your mind, which is a gift from God, and it's the most divine aspect about you, uh, yeah, you should, you should do that. And so historically, um, Christianity has always had this relationship with Greek thought and um, thinking about God as he has to be logically, right? Like Zeus, Plato knew this. Plato was like, Zeus doesn't make sense. Like, why would you have this thing that's eternal and is like an, a principle of all things be uh, doing really earthly, uh, questionable behavior, right? Right. And further, why would you want to like educate somebody um, about... <laughs> Why would you want to educate children with these stories, you know, when it's right. like the gods aren't even acting like good people? Mm. Um, so, like, if, 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 some, if something were divine and, like, was eternal and existed completely and, like, uh, just delighted in its own perfection, it wouldn't be flawed in any way. Um, like, it would be 
completely all good and all powerful and all perfect. So, and the Greeks uh, were able to come to and, this, and, and yeah, the, and they yeah. were able to arrive at this through philosophy. Hmm. And so when uh, you know Christianity began, that was really what's like we're in a sense you're mixing the two because the incarnation happens and that really uh, changes things up because now you have this physical manifestation of the divine God. But, and so like, as far as we think and consider about God, we are not, we're not worshiping this whimsical character who just, you know, tells us to do something and then we do it because we're afraid of getting struck by lightning. We're worshiping a God who is also immaterial and therefore also intellectual and has a mind. And given that we also have a mind, there's going to be conformity there. So we actually mm. can understand God's plan for us and, you know, partake and, you know, yeah, hmm. participate in his order and perfection and goodness. And so that's awesome. And so Christianity is um, throughout history, it's always philosophy was happening in the monasteries, you know, people wanted to don't just, you know, tell me about God as he appears in the Old Testament. Like, I, I just, I want to know about him, you know, and know yeah. that he is completely perfect. And this is obviously really important because if we have a God who doesn't change, how do we read scripture when it says God, you know, changed his mind? Yeah, regretted changed making the heart man. of Pharaoh or something. Yeah, yeah, or, right. yeah and then he's, he's causing people to sin if he's hardening Pharaoh's heart. Um, and so there, yeah, there needs to be some sort of uh, relationship between reconciling, I guess, re between uh, what we definitely know to be certain about God and then how he's revealed himself mm. in the scriptures. And uh, I, you know, I just the whole idea of like, oh, I can create and practice religion solely based off what's in the Bible is a little silly because if the Bible says God's just, you have to ask yourself, what does it mean what to be just? just? <laughs> what is justice? And you can't, I mean, I guess you could in theory, but if you went and looked it up in Webster's Dictionary, you're going to find yourself with a lot of like problems, right? Um, mm. But, you know, the dictionary is great because it has definitions, but it's not, they're not necessarily philosophically robust and they're not going to... Uh, they're not going you know, to give you the, give you the principles, satisfies. right? And yeah. the principles, because knowing the principles and knowing the causes of those things, of these questions, is like what's going to allow you to live a good life. Um, mm. And I mean, we haven't even gotten onto. The, I'm just relating it purely on metaphysics. That's what I like talking about. But we haven't even gotten to the idea that you know philosophy has to do with ethics and happiness mm. and which is probably yeah. a good point to make because if if somebody's listening at home and says well that's that's really good i'm glad that there are people doing that but uh but how does this relate into my day-to-day -day, kind of on an ethical perspective can you break open that like why why is it important to how does philosophy help us crack into relating with the other person. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, again, it's just so interwoven into our Catholic faith. If you go to, you know, get confirmed, you might learn about the four cardinal virtues. Right. And it's like, well, those are pulled directly from Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics, um, mm -hmm. right? And he... You and know, just to you clarify have... for people, the these Greek philosophers that Rory's talking about, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, they were not Christian. Right. They knew nothing about the Christian. Yeah. Class. So I think that's just 
Yeah, but it's just, you know, there's a beautiful quote. I can't remember. It's from one of the church fathers. It might have been Clement of Alexandria, but he says God made a covenant with the Jews through the law, and he made a covenant with the Greeks through, like, natural reason or through philosophy. It's, oh, like, really wow. beautiful. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... You're talking about the cardinal virtues. So, the cardinal virtues, yeah. Um, why is that that we have... Uh, you know, wisdom, prudence, justice, fortitude, justice and temperance. fortitude, temperance. Okay. Wisdom's like, not one. Wisdom's not one. Okay. It's probably a gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, well, what's happening here? And you're, you know, it's like temperance is guarding your bodily life, this aspect of you that is functioning a lot like a plant. Um, hmm. Right. It's guarding like how you, uh, eat and reproduce and drink and, you know, digest food and all that. And plants do all of that. So then that there's this one aspect of us that's very, like, bodily and very plant-like that we almost don't even have control over. Like, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't decide to grow. We don't ch- choose to digest food. We do choose to eat. But, like, once it goes down the hatch, you know, it's, it does not, what it's it not does. up to us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, kind of like... Um, like ordering that plant life such that it can serve the next level of life, which is the um, emotional life. And Mm. fortitude is really about, um, you know, it gets reduced down to courage, but courage because courage has to do with going into battle, right? There's a lot of history here, but you go into battle and you kind of need to channel your anger and your angst, right? And direct it towards the goal of, you know, beating the enemy. That's kind of what we think of um, when we do courage. But so much of our life is like based of what we, out of what we do emotionally and from habit. And so we have to be in a good habit of pursuing the right things and directing them in that way. And then, um, so yeah, we have, then we have justice, which, uh, you know, controls our will and the choices we make and then prudence, which has to do with our intellectual life. And so, yeah, the four virtues are kind of mapping on to these four levels of, you know, the nutritive like plant life. And then we have animal life, which is sentient and can sense things outside of themselves and have to go and choose the food that they're going to eat. And so fortitude's guarding that life. And then we have um, justice and prudence, which Mm. are guarding our more, um, yeah, intellectual life. And so, and so, you know, what's, what is intellectual life? I guess I'll just keep talking if that's okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we've got about like like five to 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, intellectual life, uh, you know, would be this way of thinking that we have that makes us um, gives us, you know, the sense that we are like made in God's image and we're something more than just animals. Right. And so, so if someone came up to you and thought we were no better than like, you know, a cat, uh, it's going to take philosophy to kind of answer and parse that out. So I would, you know, well, and it seems to me too, that, you know, you, you keep talking about kind of the interplay between theology and philosophy and, and I dare I say that we, when we learn theology, when we come to understand our faith, we are, whether we realize it or not, wrestling with some philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. 
Like if we're if we're saying that God exists and we're reading scripture and we're seeing we know God is all good and then this is happening in the Old Testament, then then we are asking the question, who is God? Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. and we we are kind of grappling with that philosophical question and then we even see the theologians doing this as they're as they're looking at it and saying, well, that seems like a contradiction. But then let's look at what's happening there. Let's look at God throughout the entire Old and New Testament and let's see how mm-hmm. he behaves. And we see that it is consistent with an all good God, right? right. And so, we're, yeah. so some of the things that we're just naturally, I think, doing when we're reading scripture or we're engaging in our faith is some of these questions are coming up. And maybe right. we don't even realize that we're philosophizing, Absolutely. so to speak, right? But it's... But it exists there. And even when it comes to the justice questions that you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there are plenty of justice questions that are, you know, all over the news today, right? right. And there's that question of, you know, the church is saying this. Why is the church saying this, right? Mm-hmm. What is the deep rootedness here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so incredible about our God is that he became incarnate when man had come to a point where we had the freedom and the time and the leisure to come up with some of this amazing mm-hmm. Greek thought. Absolutely. And then he comes. Absolutely. Right? He didn't come when we're Neanderthals and haven't even figured anything out yet. Right. He came at a time when we were rich in understand, like the ground was fertile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In the fullness of time, mm-hmm. as uh, St. Paul <laughs> says. Yeah. I think you're building off something there, Ken, that, that uh, is striking too, and, and that kind of playing into the importance of philosophy, that, uh, that it was kind of the height of living for the Greeks. Mm-hmm. They philosophy and leisure were tied hand in hand, and so they wanted kind of the the lesser, lower class people to work so that they could go and embrace leisure, which was asking and exploring these questions. And there's a part of um, not to say that you know we should have all the lower class people work, like clearly not, but there's an element that they recognize that being human um, is asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think as Catholics in particular, with the grace of the Holy Spirit, um, with his presence, we have we have so many gifts and so many resources to be able to sit and dwell on these questions. And it's very good for our heart and our mind to consider them. Yeah. And the more we get caught in kind of a busy, hectic lifestyle, the more we move away from uh, from a faculty of ours which makes us uniquely human. Which right, is to ask yeah, and really perfects our nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and is probably a lot more akin to what we're going to be doing in heaven um, <laughs> when true. existing as an immaterial soul. Um, yeah, I mean, there's such a, yeah, uh, how, I mean, yeah, something that we're kind of hinting at is, uh, yeah, like how I was saying, philosophy can tell you that, you know, God exists and that he's all perfect and he's not material or something like that, is theology it can really just be this perfection of philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, it's God, not like, because we are all, we're so limited, right? We only know things according to their, um, when we know things according to their effects, right. uh, we're, our, our knowledge of it is going to be limited. You know, if I see dirty dishes in a sink, it tells me something about my friend, but it doesn't <laughs> tell me everything. Like, I don't really know the person. So there's this further revealing um, that happens in the, the incarnation um, that makes, yeah, our faith so sublime. But it's so, I think it's really important to keep in mind a lot of the things that, you know, the Catholic Church teaches. It's because it has an understanding um, 
that is philosophically rigorous, right? And even so, it's like, why, you know, why does the church um, oppose the use of this or that? Or what's, why does it have this stance on this issue? A lot of it's stemming from the fact that it's, we have an understanding of human nature and we know, we know what it is, uh, you know, to live a good life and to, um, yeah, perfect what we are as just naturally, natural what? being, human beings, right? Yeah. And obviously it gets totally illuminated and given even more dignity by the fact that Jesus Christ, uh, you know, became incarnate. But, it, you know, even before that, there's just, there's a lot of common sense and a lot of rationality behind uh, the church's wisdom. Well, and it's, it comes down to also like, okay, if <clears throat> we all understand that if everyone in the world actually followed the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. we would be in a much better place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just sort of, and that's like the, there's the theology. We're given the Ten Commandments from God, given to Moses, and yet. Like the reality is we know that to be true. We know right. that with the question, what does it mean to live well? Mm-hmm. We can see the Ten Commandments and say, this is opposed to human nature if we break these. Like it's yeah. it's inherent within Absolutely. like that that question. And I think, yeah. I don't know, the, the more I think about the questions that we're asking, the more I, I think about like getting to know someone. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to truly get to know my wife, whether it's when we were dating or even now, I've got to ask questions. Who is she? What does she like? Mm-hmm. What is her favorite kind of things to do? What makes her happy? What makes her sad? Right? And we ask these questions naturally, and then we come to discover them more and more. But it takes asking the question. If I'm not open to finding that stuff out, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to be asking any questions. Mm. And I think that's why philosophy is so important in theology and in the spiritual life. Because mm-hmm. if we're not asking the questions, we're not open yeah. to what the answer yeah. is right. <laughs> and, and what God wants to reveal if we're not going to ask it. Mm. Yeah, so absolutely. We've, we've hit about, we're, we're cruising over 30 minutes, and that's where we typically try to keep the podcast. But okay. um, I just want to share with you all, thank you, Rory, for this. This is excellent. You're this welcome. is like a half hour in the in Professor Rory's classroom. But yeah. <laughs> you're teaching your first class this semester, right? right. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would just encourage our listeners to, to have fun asking these questions. Um, I talked with a um, a guy who's got a PhD in philosophy not too long ago, and he said some of his best uh, philosophical um, conversations were with a group of friends around a fire, just jumping into some of these questions. Like, that's excellent, um, even though he's done all sorts of research. So do that. Rory and I used to do that back in high school. I remember one question he asked me that I was like, whoa, I got to go sit with this for a while. He's like, what happens when you get to the very edge of the created universe what happens when you go right past that? Yeah, 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 that's great. <laughs> I remember that like from like 10th grade and yeah, I was like, oh I don't oh think my I goodness. know yet. <laughs> <laughs> that has spurred your entire career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't think I know. I think I, think I like that. I, the, I, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you're listening to this, you're at high school, ask these questions. It's a lot of fun. And if you're listening to this and you're retired, uh, still keep asking. It, yeah. it makes us human. Rory, yeah. any closing um, thoughts? Oh, yeah. I just thought, I mean, you know, it's just part of the Catholic uh, intellectual tradition to be uh, philosophically engaged, you know. And it's just as we, as Catholics, need to be, um, you know, reading good literature, uh, like reading Dante or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, studying history 
of Western civilization to kind of understand yourself, uh, you know, so too we have a great, uh, yeah, intellectual tradition of engaging in philosophy and asking these questions. So, mm. yeah. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Rory. Thanks, Ken. Thank you all for listening. I hope you found this helpful. Please share it with your friends and families if you did. And uh, keep Rory in your prayers as he finishes up this PhD. He's trying to like master Greek in a short amount of time, which <laughs> doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of fun. But... Uh, it is, though. <laughs> oh, that's good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vgmundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to VG Mundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon.